This is episode 80, How to Get Over Anxiety with Nicole. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you again for listening. And I think last week I mentioned how I was so high from facilitating another one of my signature retreats. And what's really cool is to hear from the women who came. And now that they're back in their lives and they've been back over a week, just really hearing them share about the shifts and the changes that it's made in their life. And so many of them are listening right now. So many of the people that come to the retreats come from this podcast. So hello to everyone who was with us for the spring retreat this year. And thank you again, just for your courage. I always leave feeling so incredibly inspired and as you know, because I've talked about it, my next big retreat that's coming up is Bali, and that's in September. So if you're interested in joining me on one of these incredible experiences, please email jill at christinehassler.com, or you can go to the website, christinehassler.com, and click on the Bali tab, and you can learn more there as well. So back to this most recent retreat. I just want to share a little bit about my experience at this one, I've been doing this particular retreat for almost 10 years and I'm just blown away every time. And really this time I was so touched by how much pain there is in the human experience. I mean, people, including a lot of you listening, have been through some really hard things. Even I have been through some really hard things and it's just kind of part of the human experience. And what I'm even more moved by is that there's a way out. It's possible to be free of all that pain and suffering. It's just most of us aren't given tools to really heal. But when we do have some tools and a new understanding and a strong intention to break out of our victim story and to actually heal, it's 100% possible. So I just want to say whatever you have or may be suffering from, there is freedom from it. You just might have some unconscious incompetence around it, meaning you don't know what you don't know. But if you have a strong intention internally, the right teachers, materials, tools, and so on will come to you. There were some people at my retreat that got there so seemingly randomly, but something happened and they followed their intuition and voila, they were there and they they left with some transformation that I know will last and some new tools. So keep following your intuition. Keep listening, keep seeking, keep fighting for your liberation, and please keep going. Don't give up on yourself. Freedom is possible from any pain and suffering. And today's call is a precious example of how someone can suffer from something like anxiety for decades until the light of awareness and understanding is shined upon it. So you'll hear me coach Nicole, who wanted to know how she can feel more confident instead of anxious all the time, so much so that she also has panic attacks. We made a beautiful discovery together that I hope helps you connect some puzzle pieces in your own life. You see, most things that we suffer from in the present, like anxiety, fear, confusion, heartache, rejection, the list goes on and on, come from something in our past. 
and getting to the core of a triggering event from your past and doing the healing work that wasn't available then, now, is one of the most powerful ways we evolve and transform. So as you're listening to this call with Nicole, consider, do you suffer from anxiety? Is there something you'd like to be really free of? Whenever you try anything new, does it come with a lot of fear? Do you prefer control over uncertainty? Is there something that happened to you in your past that intuitively you know is still impacting you, but you're not quite sure what to do about it? Consider these questions as we listen to my call with Nicole. Hi, Nicole, calling us from New Zealand, which I love. What's your question? (laughs) My question is, I guess, like, how do I find that self-confidence when you have so much Mm self-doubt and... I have anxiety and I'm just trying to work my way through it and I guess find my purpose and connection to the world. Mm. What does your anxiety sound like? What do you get anxious about? Everything. Mm-hmm. It's sort of been going since I was about eight and it's in the form of a panic disorder. So I have panic attacks mm-hmm. and it sort of over time just made my world smaller and smaller and smaller. And I just sort of felt safe in less and less situations. And I'm just trying to kind of broaden that safety zone again and feel safe in myself and trust in myself and feel that I can handle it and I don't need to be dependent on other people to help deal with the situations. That's a beautiful intention and that's incredibly possible for you. First, we have to look at the purpose the anxiety serves though, because mm-hmm. until yeah. until we're clear on what the anxiety and panic is is doing for you, because I I understand that you get the costs of anxiety and panic. You never feel peaceful. You always worry. It's hard to do things. You don't feel confident. Mm -hmm. But how do you think, like if the anxiety and panic was an angel in your life, Mm -hmm. how how is it an angel? I definitely use it as a, a form of protection. I guess it's like better to be safe than sorry. It's kind of like a warning in a sense. I think I would feel lost without it. Mm-hmm. Protection yeah. from what? I don't know if it's as simple as getting hurt or if it's, yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> um, well, what started the panic attacks when you said you were eight years old? Yeah. What happened? I broke my femur, my leg, and I don't know if it kind of came from that, like being in a situation where I have no control over anything and like I have a fear of being put under like um, operations Mm -hmm. and I think that caused a lot of anxiety. Yeah, it was a very scary, scary situation for me. Um, So I don't know if it was that sort of loss of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me ask you, just briefly tell me how did you break it? I fell from a loft is do you use that word it's like a um kind of like an attic yeah okay so in this process did anyone a parent or a doctor did you ever get the message that sounded something like you should have been being more careful you shouldn't have been up there probably yeah I think that's something my mum tends to say like you should have been more careful yeah okay so Nicole the anxiety my sense is that it's not so much from the accident, it's the messaging you got from the accident. Sure. So there's some part of you that believed it was your fault. Okay. That I did something wrong and therefore I got hurt. Mm. And so that set up an unconscious belief in your mind of, A, 
thinking you did something wrong and mm. and you should have known better and it was your fault that you got so hurt. And so mm. anytime you do anything, there's anxiety because you're afraid you're going to l- fall and break your leg, basically. Yeah. No, I, that actually resonates. I've never actually thought of that before. But I get that. It's like if I'm in the in control of the situation, I feel like I can't right. handle it. Right. Yeah. Right. So imagine if you had fell mm-hmm. and your parents and the doctors had said, oh, honey, you didn't do anything wrong. Accidents happen. You were having fun and, you know, you're okay. Your, your leg's broke, but it's going to heal and you'll, mm-hmm. ha- you'll climb up on that loft again. Mm. Yeah. Imagine if that had been the messaging. How do you think you would have felt? Yeah, I guess like mistakes happen and and that, yeah, it wasn't really my fault. Right. That I kind of wasn't the initiator of the fall as such. Right. And great. And how do you think you would have felt? Give me feeling words. Maybe safe. Yes. Cure. Yes. So here's the good news. The mind often doesn't know the difference between a well-imagined visualization and reality. Mm. And so I'm going to walk you through a little exercise. Okay. So I would like you to close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'd like you to, to see yourself at this age, whatever age you are, in your mind's eye. Mm-hmm. And just press rewind and start to see yourself regress in age all the way down until you see yourself as that eight-year-old little girl. And tell me when you have a picture of yourself at eight years old. Okay. Okay, good. So I want you to go to the moment right after the fall. You know, right when she had the fall, she's going to the hospital and all those things. And I want you just to just to observe and look at her and tell me what she's feeling and what she's thinking. Scared mm-hmm. and uncertain. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because we were talking about it, but kind of maybe that I'm going to get told off. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, like worried she's mm-hmm. going to get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was supposed to be up in that loft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so keeping your eyes closed and just with that information, just stay really connected to her. I want you to bring an image of yourself, like your current day self, into this picture. And just see yourself walking up to her and, and standing in front of her and maybe kneeling down so you're about her level. And then with so much compassion, like the compassion you'd have for a little puppy or a baby or someone you love so much, I want you to tell her what you think she really needed to hear after that fall. Mm -hmm. What does she need to know? What did she need to hear? And speak directly to her. It's okay that you fell. You're safe. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You don't need to feel bad or afraid. 
You didn't do anything wrong. Mm. You didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're going to heal and you're going to play again. Mm. Yeah. So what's present for you in this moment, Nicole? I guess a little bit of sadness comes yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't really know that those emotions were connected to it. Right. Mm. Well, you didn't really get a chance to have your feelings about it and, and be held and be consoled. And, and yeah. you know, this is not making your parents wrong or blaming them or anything. All we're doing is is going back and seeing where that belief of being unsafe and like you did something wrong that was the catalyst for all your anxiety and panic. Mm. We're just going back and we're just bringing some healing to it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there is sadness there. Mm. It was a painful fall and you probably had to go through a lot of scary things. And for whatever reason, there wasn't the voice of compassion and unconditional love there reassuring you. And, you know, parents don't get manuals. Yeah. <laughs> and and they they just want to keep their kids safe. And so out of love, your parents probably said things like, you shouldn't have been up there. That wasn't safe because mm. they didn't want you to do it again, right? Mm. Yeah. So they were doing the best they knew how. But as adults, we have to go back and reparent ourselves and – Look at the places where we we maybe didn't get the messaging that we needed. Yeah. So for you, this this anxiety that you've been carrying around, you were very intuitive when you said you think it's protecting you because mm. for your whole life, it has been protecting you. Mm. And so can you have such deep gratitude for the anxiety? It kept you from breaking your leg again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I'm wondering... I'm wondering if if I asked the anxiety, mm-hmm. if I said to the anxiety, anxiety, thank you so much for protecting Nicole. You've done a great, great job of keeping her safe. And we love your job responsibility of keeping her safe, but we want to give you a, a promotion. We want to promote you to intuitive instead mm-hmm. of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, we know that there's this really strong part of Nicole that's very intuitive that actually will do a wonderful job of keeping her safe. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if the anxiety would be willing to take on that new job title of intuitive. Yeah. Mm. I think as well, um, I kind of struggle to understand my intuition anymore because I think the anxiety, you kind of feel intuitive when the anxiety comes along and it's hard to know what you're kind of creating and what's actually your intuition. Well, it's not actually. So okay. because anxiety for so long has been your default, mm-hmm. it's sort of like everything feels like anxiety to you <laughs> Yeah, yeah <laughs> in a lot of sure. ways. Yeah. So the voice of intuition is like that same part of you that knew that it was protecting you. Like that was your intuitive voice right. speaking, right? Yeah. And when our intuition speaks – it it doesn't necessarily produce anxiety. But for you, you might default to that because, like I said, everything mm-hmm. makes you feel anxious. 
Yeah. So what I recommend doing is the next time you feel your intuition, pause, mm. take some deep breaths, let the anxiety, if it's there, let it, let yourself feel it and remind yourself that anxiety is just, you know, a physiological yeah. response to thought and, and just sit and for about 30 seconds, just breathe mm. and Listen to the intuitive thought and see if the anxiety subsides. Okay. But you've got to do a little pattern interrupting here. Yeah. Because you have stimulus and then boom, anxiety response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love the the quote from Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning that goes something like, in between stimulus and response, we have a choice, and in that choice lies our freedom. Mm -hmm. So my coaching to you is to become more aware of that choice point. Yeah. And yeah. responding rather than reacting. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And responding by consciously doing something that calms your nervous system down. Okay. So yeah. by taking a few deep breaths, that does it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Before we started recording, you told me you were a little nervous, a little anxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how do you feel now? More calm and um, you're very easy to talk to. So yeah, I definitely feel a bit more calm and centered. Right. So I'm easy to talk to because I'm present with you. Yeah. And I'm compassionate with you. So these qualities are just qualities that I'm mirroring back to you. I'm modeling them for you. You have them mm -hmm. in you. Okay. And if you find that inner voice that sounds like this one, you know, mm -hmm. very, very present, very calm, mm -hmm. very loving. If you find that inner voice, which you did on this call when you went back and talked to that eight-year-old, mm -hmm. if you really turn up the volume of that voice more... That's another way that you'll turn down the volume of the anxiety. Okay. Because coming back to your original question, mm -hmm. confidence isn't a skill we learn. Confidence mm -hmm. is a natural result of self-acceptance. Okay. And there's a part of you, I think, that really judges the struggle mm -hmm. you've had with anxiety. Yeah. And I hope that now that you know why, mm. I hope that helps you to be able to let it go. Yeah. Any questions or thoughts? I guess like I always fear of accepting my situation because I, I want to grow from it and I want to not let it control my life in a sense. But I know that in order to move forward, you do have to accept Right. Situation. So acceptance, I think I think you've got acceptance and resignation confused. Okay. Look up both words in the dictionary. Yeah. And then also write out your own meaning. Acceptance means and feels. Resignation okay. means and feels. Because I can – actually, when I accept things about myself, it's way easier to grow because – then I'm not coming from a more better, different place of personal mm. growth. Most people approach mm. personal growth as I got to be more, better, different. So they mm. set themselves up to fail in a lot of ways because they're coming from a place of lack or like something's wrong. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm vulnerable and I have this wrong with myself. And Exactly. Rather than being like, I'm strong as I am and, or, you know, I don't know, I am the way I am and I can grow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So 
what I'd love you to do is to say, I accept and then fill in the blank, mm-hmm. right? And I am choosing to and then fill in the blank. Okay. Will you do it aloud with me? Okay, yeah. Okay, so I accept that I use anxiety as a form of protection and I accept where I am at the current situation, who I am, and I am choosing to use it as a tool for growth and to view it as something as a strength rather than a weakness Mm -hmm. and choosing to focus on how it can better me rather than why it sort of, I guess it's the same thing as a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Looking at like the positive side of it, kind of like there is a lot of good in it. You know, I think it grounds me and I think that it helps me to be compassionate and it helps me to be aware of my surroundings and who I am and, I think it does make me a deeper thinker and I think more connected and I think it makes me able to be more powerful and able to, I don't know, have a deeper kind of life in a sense. Absolutely. Yeah, so I know there is definitely positive side to it. Yes. Yeah, so I am grateful for it. Yes, awesome. Beautiful work, Nicole. Beautiful work. And and really, like, also the final thing I'll say is keep connecting with that eight-year-old okay. and help her help her have a different experience of this, you know? Mm. Like, you really didn't do anything wrong. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to trust yourself. You're safe. Mm. It's okay to make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, so much light to you. Thank you, Christine. It was really lovely speaking to you. So such a sweet call. Just loved her and her accent. Really appreciated her thoughtfulness. And I'm so grateful we were able to connect some dots for her. So as you heard, when the fall happened, Nicole received a lot of messaging around it being her fault, not being careful enough, she shouldn't have been up there, so on and so forth. Now, I know that that probably came from love. You know, her parents loved her so much and wanted to protect her. So they were saying, you shouldn't be up there. Be careful. Like, you shouldn't have done that because they didn't want her to be in pain again. But even though it came from love, it went into her programming as fear so that anything she did in the future came with so much anxiety because she didn't want to bring on more pain. So really, really consider this for a moment. You know, what are some significant events or events from your past that you may need to look at a little more carefully because how did the programming go in? You know, there's what happens and then there's what we make it mean. For Nicole, what happened was she fell and she broke her leg. But what she made that mean is I'm a delicate flower. I have to be super careful. I I shouldn't take any risks. Something bad is going to happen and it's going to be my fault. With that programming, of course she's going to feel anxious. Of course she's going to feel panic attacks. This isn't to necessarily psychoanalyze ourselves, but this is to give ourselves an understanding so it's like, oh, that's why I feel that way. Because often if we can kind of understand some of the crazy things we feel, it helps us not feel so crazy and it gives us a sense of kind of control because we understand where it came from and then we can change it. 
So some other work we did together was looking at the role anxiety plays in her life that actually served her. Because all parts, even those parts we want to get rid of, have a higher purpose. So in her case, and she had very astute awareness around this, she knew that the anxiety was kind of protecting her. It was keeping her safe. And so we can't get rid of parts by making them wrong and pushing them down. We have to acknowledge them, appreciate them, accept them, but then give them a new job description. I encouraged her to take that protective role of the anxiety and give it a promotion and call it more intuition. Can her intuition now protect her? If the anxiety knows that she's now going to have intuition protect her, then maybe the anxiety won't be as necessary. So that's how we up-level out of sort of that behavior like anxiety, control, judgment, so on and so forth. We find the higher purpose and then we find another more self-honoring, self-supportive way to get it. So now some assignments for you, some ways you can take what you gain from this call and implement it into your own life. First, and I touched upon this, think of significant events in your life, things that you remember as big deals. What was the messaging around them? What did you make them mean? What belief systems got seeded then that are still impacting you now? Two, tell yourself the things you wanted to hear from a parent or someone else at the time the significant event occurred. Remember, the people around us, our parents, they're doing the best they can. They don't always have the perfect thing to say. So we have to go back and give ourselves that unconditional love and compassion that's so important. You know, I'm just reminded of that beautiful scene from Dead Poets Society where Robin Williams is just hugging him and saying to Matt Damon, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. You know, and I'm saying that to you now. It wasn't your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Please say it to yourself. Take it in and believe it. And finally, when it comes to ways of feeling or being that you want to change, like anxiety or clinging too much to control or judging, think about how they serve you. Give them a new job description. So I hope this call helped you. I hoped it maybe triggered some things that will help you put some puzzle pieces together so that you don't have to suffer. My mission really is to ease suffering so that everyone can step into their full potential. Everything I do, including this podcast, is an extension of that. So thank you for listening and thank you for being part of this mission. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.